I don't record this, I can hear his condescending voice. Because he, he, anything electronic that we've got going on in the church, you can give praise and blame to Dan and Julie. But uh, um, they do a good job, and they make make us all look good, and they get the church stuff out there, and appreciate that. Again, I want to remind you, on Wednesday nights, we're going through this stuff more in depth. And also, I forgot to put it out there today, but I have more copies of the Baptist Faith and Message. There's some in the back. I've got a bunch more in the office. I just need to put them out on the counter. But that's a summary of what we're talking about every week. And then on Wednesday nights, we go in more in depth. So we just uh, finished talking about the Word, and we're going to be getting into who God is according to the Bible. And so if you want to do this more in depth, I keep saying it, and I know most of the times people think pastors say it because they're trying to get people to come on Wednesday night. You're, you're missing out if you don't come on Wednesday nights. You just really are. We have a good time, and you want to talk about Baptists sitting in the back, nobody sets up here, and I preach here, and everybody's all like, no, I go to the back too, but we're having a good time. You need to come. It's at 7 o'clock. There's something for children and youth and, and yourself, and you'll be blessed, and you'll learn, and the atmosphere is, is pretty good. So anyway, I enti- we're talking about the Holy Spirit. For Baptists, sometimes that's scary. We don't know what to do with the Spirit. We know it's part of the Bible, and you know, but how do we listen and 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 treat the Holy Spirit and all those things? And I hope it's a lot better now than it used to be. But we're going to talk about what we believe about the Holy Spirit. And when I think about the, I, the Holy Spirit, what inspires you? And what came to mind for me is the other day when we had Snowmageddon. Uh, or whatever you want to call it, uh, my in-laws have healthcare workers that come and take care of them every day, and so we, Heather and I, had to get out in Snowmageddon and and get one of the healthcare workers, and and we were out of power for five days. No, just for I don't know, the power went out like at two something in the morning. Because if you're on a CPAC machine, you know it when the power goes out. You can all testify on that because you wake up. Or you die. I don't know. But anyway, so uh, anyway, so power's out. No big deal. But there was one thing that inspires me in the morning, and I kept hinting to the healthcare worker because she brought her thermos of coffee, but she wouldn't share. <laughs> it's like, man, I'm not awake. I need some coffee. I love my coffee in the morning. I love my devotion time, my Holy Spirit, and the coffee. Okay, and so. I had to, I'm not even going to tell you because I know some of you go to foo-foo places and buy coffee and I can't bring myself to buy black coffee for that price, but I had to go to Walmart and get, not Walmart, uh, McDonald's get four large coffees and it probably was the price of one of your foo-foo coffees, but still it was killing me, but I acted like I was at the airport, okay, and I, had, and I was stuck and had to buy it. Why am I saying all that? Well, it's like, I'm not saying coffee, coffee helps my attitude in the morning. Among other things, Heather's <laughs> nodding yes. Okay, all right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, if, and I've got some right there too. But, but sometimes people think just coffee or a person or a job or whatever, children, family, relationship inspires them, and that's a load of junk. Because guess what? I would need coffee the next day, and look how much it shut me down when the electricity was off. I was just trying to figure out how to go to the barbecue grill and make coffee. But anyway, but you, you find inspiration. We, we struggle to find inspiration in our society, and a lot of people get inspired by the wrong things. And, to, and then to understand, if we go to the Holy Spirit, and 
to understand the Holy Spirit's purpose, to understand the Holy Spirit's place in our lives, to recognize the Holy Spirit as God in your life. Think about that. We struggle to recognize the Holy Spirit as God in our life. And the Holy Spirit is a full member of the Trinity. And later in what we believe, we're going to talk about the Trinity. And you've got a lot of religions that do not believe in the Trinity. And I think it's hard to call yourself a Christian if you don't believe in the Trinity. And people really struggle with the Trinity because they either say the word Trinity is not mentioned in the Bible, but the Trinity evidence of it is mentioned in the Bible. Or how and where we place the Holy Spirit, he becomes like the stepchild of, of, of the Trinity. But the Holy Spirit is fully God. We don't serve three gods, three and one. I've explained it several times. I'm Russell. I'm a father. I'm a son. I'm a husband, but I'm just Russell. Water can be vapor, solid, and liquid, but it's still water. And so we need to understand it's not three gods. It's three aspects of God. And are we going to totally understand it? No, but it works. And so the Holy Spirit, we can choose either to be inspired by whatever. And so when the electricity goes off and the coffee's not there, you're not that inspired. Or you can be inspired by the eternal and be inspired by the Holy Spirit. And when I say inspired, it's like, oh, I'm inspired to write this or whatever. We're going to get deeper into that about the power that God gives us through the Holy Spirit. And I'm convinced Baptists are scared of the Holy Spirit. And so your action step here is live inspired by the, by the Spirit. Live inspired by the Spirit. And yes, your points are going to spell out the word inspired, so we'll be here a couple days. No, you know I can get through it. But let's look at the long statement. And the statement is in your little pamphlet. And the statement's kind of what we go over Wednesday nights. And so what I am doing on Sunday mornings are summarizing the points in this section about what we believe as Baptists, as a church, about the Holy Spirit. So let's read the, the really long statement. I'm thankful for men that uh, did this, and I think this is only part of it because it's a long statement. Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God, fully divine. He inspired holy men to write the scriptures through illumination, which enables men to understand the truth. He exalts Christ. He convicts men of sin and righteousness and of judgment, and he calls to the, uh, he calls men to the Savior and affects regeneration. At the moment of regeneration, he baptizes every believer into the body of Christ, and he cultivates Christian character and comforts believers and bestows spiritual gifts by which they serve God through his church. This is why on Wednesday nights we go through it a little bit deeper, okay? Because that's a $5 statement, and for Baptists, that's our official statement. But what we're learning is how we get into life and put this in, into work here. So the Holy Spirit inspired men to write and understand the Bible. We remember that. Uh, First Peter, I'm, excuse me, Second Peter one twenty one says this, Because no prophecy ever came by the will of man. Instead, men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And so what we see here, that's first, that's second Peter 121. And he's doing a great job because every week there's going to be 50 million scriptures and I'm not even giving you an nth of them. But in your little pamphlet, if you want to know how what we believe is backed up in the Bible, this is all based upon scripture. Yeah, there's a verse list. Julie reminds me of that every week and Rick does a really good job with that. The Holy Spirit moved in human authors to write exactly what God wanted them to write. So why do we have four Gospels? 
talking essentially about the same thing because you have four different personalities, a doctor, a young man, another man writing for another person, and then you, you have all these different personalities, but yet they saw from a different angle and they speak the same truth. And so I'm thankful that God is a God of variety. So he didn't just like, you're going to say exactly what I'm going to say. They did, but he used their personality and what he inspired on them to write the word of God that we have here today. So the, we've already studied the word of God uh, on scripture and why we, what we believe about it. And so the, the scripture is inspired by the Holy Spirit. So your first villain, when we live inspired by the Holy Spirit, we start believing that the word is the, is, is inspired. The word. So the Holy Spirit inspired the word that you have before you. That should make you feel good. That should make you trust it. Because it wasn't somebody's opinion. It is God's. A few weeks ago, we looked at 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17, and it talked about all scriptures God breathed and profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. You see how it works? If the word of God that we're reading today is not inspired by God, why do we need to pay any attention to it? And it was inspired by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit ministers to us and he ministers to people. So here's how it works. He inspires the word of God. The word of God is good for your life. When we present faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. So when we hear the word of God, guess what the Holy Spirit does? The Holy Spirit ministers to people. And the first thing he does is convicts them of sin. They hear the word. They hear they're not right with God. Conviction should follow. John 16, verses 7 and 8. John 16, verses 7 and 8 says this. Nevertheless, I'm telling you the truth. It is for you, it is for your benefit that I go away because if I do not go away, the counselor will not come to you. If I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world about sin, righteousness, and judgment. The comforter is the Holy Spirit. This is Jesus telling his disciples that when I go away, I'm not going to leave you alone. He's going to prepare a place for us because he is a bridegroom and those that have accepted him are the, are the bride. And then according to that, that Hebrew tradition, the groom would spend the time preparing the place for us. And so that's where Christ is. But he didn't leave us without power, without direction, without comfort. And the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. Christians, this is why it's really important about you evangelizing. And when I say evangelizing, you telling people how they can come to Christ how they can have a relationship with Christ, how they can be saved. Because guess what? The Holy Spirit doesn't go up to the unbeliever and just talk directly to them. What the whole, And I want you to hear that clearly because that is very biblical. The Holy Spirit does not come up to the unbeliever and just impress upon their life. He can impress upon their life by reading the Word. We just talked about the Word of God is inspired. It's God's Word. So that's why the Gideons and other things, us having and giving God's Word, it will not come back void. The Holy Spirit can work directly through your Bible given to somebody. But God's first plan is you, believer. The only way a non-believer is going to hear the Holy Spirit is through you. Faith comes from hearing and hearing the Word of God. And so I want you to understand that. How is somebody going to be convicted of sin? How are they going to know about the way to go and be called to salvation if we do not share that with them? That's the only reason we're supposed to still be here. Because he's preparing a way better place for us. He calls, he convicts them, he calls them to salvation. Revelation 22.17 says this, 
Both the spirit and the bride say, come, let everyone who hears say, come, let the one who is thirsty come, let the one who desires take water of life freely. So he doesn't just leave us at you need to get saved, but he's saying, come and be saved. Come and never thirst again. Come and never have to deal with the death and penalty of sin. And so God calls sinners to to Christ through the Holy Spirit. You remember, those of you that are Christians, you remember when the Holy Spirit called you. But it doesn't just stop there, but we'll start there. Your next film, being inspired by the Spirit, should lead us to understand that he nourishes, ministers to us. The comforter, isn't that an awesome term for the Holy Spirit? Not the destroyer, not the inflictor, but the comforter. And most of you at home, when it gets cold, and Heather and I got this little electric blanket and we kind of fight over it when we're watching TV. It ends up over on her side, but it provides a comfort, you know. It keeps you warm and all those kind of things, except when the electricity's out. But anyway, we won't get into that. But, you know, but isn't that neat that the whole, God sent, when he went up to heaven, he sent the comforter. Isn't that awesome? And what he is calling and convicting us to to uh, reawake our longing for real life. Uh, C.S. Lewis talks about right now we're in the shadow lands, but the, the, the evidence of the Holy Spirit in the believer's life shows that there's something better and that God is with us and he's not against us and he's our comforter. When we, re- when we realize our need uh, for real life to be nourished by God, we always need nourishment as Christians. We never arrive and we go through different things all the time. We need the Holy Spirit. We need that comforter. And so when we realize our need for God um, and, and we call out to him to save us, we begin a new life. And he begins, we saw a word in that statement. I don't want to get back to it. And in the modern Baptist life and churches, and I don't use the word that much, but you're going to hear the word regenerate. And you're going to hear the word regenerate membership. And then I don't want you to think of degenerate, okay? But regenerate and regenerate membership. And that, those are good words. And younger ministers like my, my son and, and in the seminary, those words just come flowing out. And an old dog like me, it's like, okay, so let's translate what that means. We do want regenerate, regenerate membership. We do want to work on regeneration. And what that's talking about is new life. If anyone is in Christ, the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And so that's what that's meaning there. You get saved. The Holy Spirit is inside you. And you begin, God begins to regenerate us. To begin to uh, help us with that new life that will be complete when we die or when he comes. John 3, 6 says this. Whatever is born of flesh is flesh, but whatever is born of the Spirit is spirit. And that doesn't mean that we're just spirit and not physical. There were some that believed that, and that's, that's not true. But we're talking about new birth. He calls us into, that calls us into faith in Christ. And so then when we're born again, when he talked to Nicodemus, and, and you know, Nicodemus, the learned teacher, was like, how can I be born again? But he was looking at the physical. We were talking about being spiritually born again. And so when we are born again, then the Holy Spirit indwells us. That that is at the moment of salvation. And I'm not trying to pick on any other denomination because we can fellowship with them and we may disagree on uh, on aspects of the Holy Spirit, but we get it all right. But um, when you're saved, that's when you receive the Holy Spirit. 
Now, whether you're going to listen to the Holy Spirit and whether you're going to go by the power of the Holy Spirit, we're going to be dealing with that the rest of our lives. But the scripture talks about that's what it means to be baptized by the Holy Spirit. It's not a second touching. It's not a uh, I got I'm not trying to make light of anything else, but we are receive the Holy Spirit when we're saved and we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. And so he indwells us. Acts 2:38 says this. Peter replied, repent and be baptized each of you in the name of Jesus Christ for forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Your next fill-in, being inspired by the Spirit means he saves us. And I would add there, he saves us. He convicts us, he calls us, he saves us, and he indwells us. If you have received Christ as Savior and Lord, you are convicted by the Holy Spirit through someone speaking or reading his word And then he called you to salvation. And this may be today for you. And if you answer that call, realizing, A, I'm a sinner. B, you died and rose from the dead for my sins. C, I confess my sins and ask you to save me and call you to be my Lord and come in. Then he saves us. And then the Holy Spirit indwells us. Being inspired by the Holy Spirit means he saves us. He convicts us. He calls us. He saves us. And he indwells us. We're going to focus on the indwelling because this is where I think most of us as believers need to listen to the Holy Spirit more and know when the Holy Spirit is talking and how and how and, and he seals us. He provides absolute insurance of salvation. First John 4.13 says this. This is how we know that we remain in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit. When I, I doubted my salvation for 30 years, well, Pastor, you've been in ministry. Uh, well, it wasn't 30 years, but probably 20 or half of that. But you were in ministry and you went to seminary and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I, I just doubted it because I'm not blaming how I was raised, but, you know, I, uh, I, I'm a recovering legalist. So I thought you got to do this to be saved. You got to uh, you got to keep doing right to be saved. And I just saw a bunch of cheap grace and I don't believe in cheap grace. And so. I finally got to the point, Dr. Frizzell, I went through returning to holiness and went through all the scriptures and I was just like, you know what, if I'm not saved, I don't care if I'm a minister in a church, I don't care if I've been to seminary, I'm going to get this uh, straightened out. And what God showed me at the end of all that is uh, Romans 8, 16, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And what I found in my life, being saved at age five and only understanding what a five-year-old, and guess what, we really only need to understand we need Jesus. But I did understand that at age five for me. That was the age I could understand that. But I saw God's spirit that was sealed and I was baptized with at the moment of conversion, testifying in my life by guiding me, empowering me. And so that's what I want to help you with here on this scripture is this is how we know that we remain in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit. If you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit in your life. And I always say, is he in the basement or is he in the control center of your life? And we need to learn to listen to the Holy Spirit. And I, I make the mistake of saying sometimes God told me, but I need to say more God impressed upon me through the Holy Spirit. But we need to listen to the Holy Spirit. So he seals us, so he assures us, and he seals us for the day of redemption. Ephesians 4.30 says this, and don't grieve God's Holy Spirit. You are sealed by him for the day of redemption. Some of you know products that are sealed and you can tell, 
you know that they're good. They make that sound when you open them up or, you know, they're, they're protected and they preserve. And I want you to understand that. Our salvation is a promise. It has not been completed. But when we receive Christ, we get the seal, the down payment, preserving us, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And that is awesome. And so your next thing you're feeling, being inspired by the Spirit means knowing that He permanently seals us. And we can live assured. Now, I that made me leery for a long time because I didn't grow up Baptist and I thought Baptists were just into fire insurance. I want you to think about that for a minute. Get saved, go do what you want, and you got your fire insurance so you don't go to the lake of fire and eternal punishment. But that's that's not the that's not the deal. We we can't save ourselves to begin with. We can't keep our salvation, but when you're saved, you're saved. This is why I talk about cheap grace versus costly grace. It's not that you're being uh, good more or less. It's the fact that you know that only Jesus can save you and that God gave His only begotten Son and it wasn't cheap. And so when you know that, we, and we're one, and it's not about bragging about denominations because I'm a Christian. I know why I'm a Baptist. And I've got good brothers and sisters getting the gospel out there in other denominations. But one of the few things that's unique about our denomination, I can only think of one other, is we believe when you're saved, you're saved. That you can't lose your salvation. We believe in genuine conversion. And I fought that a long time because I saw a lot of cheap examples of, really? I can't see much difference in your life. And again, if we're looking at actions, we're as saved as we're going to be. But this is a key foundation here. When you're saved, you're saved. And guess what? You can have assurance. I've said it before, but when I get to heaven, it's not because of the accomplishments I've done or being a minister. There's only one name, Jesus. Why are you here? Jesus. And I can be assured on that. So that's awesome. The Holy Spirit seals us and puts his seal that this one is saved, this one is kept, because of Jesus. And so we can live assured. What would that be like, you knowing that you're saved? Not because of what you haven't done or not because of what you've done, but because of what God has done. And the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, Christian, that's a reminder. I have assurance that I am set and sealed in Christ. So knowing we're, knowing we're sealed with and secure, what does that do for us now? When we're living an assured life, yes, life is unstable. Times are unstable, but he always said it would be like that. And we need to stop looking at the peripheral and we need to focus on God and know the assurance of the Holy Spirit in our lives that regardless of what happens, we're saved. We're still. We're assured. What does that look like when there's turmoil around and somebody's walking in the midst being calm? It's attractive. People are like, what do you have or what's going on in your life? I'm not talking about being fake. When times are tough, we need to call for what it is, but we need to know that we are sealed and we are assured with the Holy Spirit. He shows us. He illuminates the truth uh, and so that we can understand the truth. 1 Corinthians 2, verses 12 through 13 says this. 1 Corinthians 2, <coughs> verses 12 through 13. 
Now, we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who comes from God, so that we may understand what has been freely given to us by God. We also speak these things not in words taught by human spirit, but in those taught by the spirit, explaining spiritual things to spiritual people. We need to ask the question, why is a person called lost? Because they can't understand without the Holy Spirit. Faith comes from hearing and hearing the Word of God. And I'm not going to add to the Word, but you could add and hearing from the believer who has the Word of God. We can physically get the Word of God, but it's better when it comes from the believer. A lost person, without, a, uh, without something, something God's Word, Holy and Spirit inspired, or God's person, Holy, and Spirit, Holy Spirit sealed, cannot understand the things of God. And guess what? Us reading the Bible, us studying the Bible, we can't understand it without the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is here today. The Spirit, regardless of how I mess up speaking or whatever happens, it's amazing to me those times I thought, boy, you really landed that wrong. And then guess what? The Holy Spirit, His Word will not come back void. It's not about me. It's about his word and it's about his power and it's about our, our willingness to speak. He tells us he'll give us the words to say. And so I want you to understand this lie. I can't understand the Bible. Well, let's look at which, which Bible you're reading, first of all. But the other thing is, is are you leaning into the Holy Spirit and ask him to help you understand? Are you talking to other people that are empowered by the Holy Spirit that this is why we're together today? This is why we come together on Wednesday nights is so that we can rightly divide the word of God and understand it. And so. That's an excuse if you say you can't understand the Bible. Because if you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit. If you're not, there are those around you that have the Holy Spirit that will help you. Next, living inspired by the Spirit means living knowing the Spirit illuminates, shows us how to live, what to do, which way to go. You know, we need to understand that. I know it's kind of awkward to pray to the Holy Spirit. Maybe you need to try that for a while. Because the Holy Spirit is fully God. Not three, but three in one. And the Holy Spirit is the one that's inside you. And the Holy Spirit prayers, God, help me understand this. Give me wisdom and discernment on which way to go. He tells us, shows us how to live, what to do, and which way to go. Does this always happen instantly? No, it doesn't. How does it happen? We need to understand how the Holy Spirit shows us. Sometimes it happens instantly. And I've dealt with people that had different spiritual gifts and they come to me like years later and tell me something on, on an instance that I had years before. And I'll be like, why didn't you tell me then? He goes, because I've learned by the Holy Spirit that there's a timing factor when I can tell people things. And so sometimes the Holy Spirit will tell you instantly and sometimes the Holy Spirit will tell you later. But you've got to learn to listen to the Spirit. And so he teaches us. He helps us understand the things of God. He opens our eyes to the word. And uh First, uh, excuse me, John 16, verses 13 and 14. John 16, verses 13 and 14 says this. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears. And we also declare to you what is to come. He will glorify me because he will take from me what is mine and declare it to you. He'll, that's a good prayer. Holy Spirit, help me understand. And so the Holy Spirit is our constant teacher, helping us to know and, and to do the will of God. And live, so your next feeling, living inspired by the Spirit means knowing that the Spirit re-educates us. 
Why re-educate? Because it fit in an R, but <laughs> okay, but there's another reason. We're born into sin. We have a sin nature. Nobody has to teach us how to sin, they just teach us to sin better. Okay, or more creative. And it amazes me how the God has made man creative and sin has caused man to use that that creativeness in wrong ways. So it's like we gotta be re-educated. And the Holy Spirit is the teacher. And we gotta listen to the word and we gotta listen to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And let him teach us and remind us and empower us to know what God's will is. I am sick of this. Oh, I wish I knew what God's will is. And I'm not sick of you telling me this and all this kind of stuff. But most of the time, we know what God's will is because his word is pretty clear. We just don't want to obey. What we ought to say is, I really don't want to obey God's word. Oh, pastor. Wow, you're really hitting it. Well, that's usually the truth, even for your pastor. Now, there are some things we don't know. And when we don't know, those of you that have been through experiencing God, one thing that taught me is when you don't know what God's will is, wait. Do what he's already told you till he tells you to do something else. But most of the time, we need, uh, the Holy Spirit helps us to determine God's will. And I say this consistently, the Holy Spirit will never go against God's word. And I hear a lot of false things where, I need to do this or I need to do that. And it's like, we're, if, okay, I want you to understand what we've been studying here. We started with the word of God, we, then we went to God, then we went to Jesus, and we grow in the Holy Spirit. So God, but, okay, if, why will the Holy Spirit never go against God's word? Because he inspired God's word and he is God, and so it is his word. And so sometimes I have people wanting their pastor to pray for their sin and it's like God's word doesn't say that. And so that's going against the Holy Spirit. And I know the will, will of God according to God's word. See how that works? Living inspired your next villain by the spirit means knowing he expresses intercedes for us. And this is awesome. The Holy Spirit knows us. And we'll get into this in a minute. But the Holy Spirit work doesn't stop there with the individual. So let's go back here to Romans 8, 8. 26 says this, Romans 8, 26 says this, in the same way, the spirit also helps us in our weaknesses because we do not know what to pray for as we should. But the spirit himself intercedes for us with inexpressible groanings. You ever been there where your thoughts go faster than your words, even if you're praying to God and you're not verbalizing that? I felt like that today. Maybe right now in the preaching, you may be thinking that, but here's the deal. Isn't that awesome when you don't know what to say? The Spirit knows. And there's been times it's like, God, I don't know what to do here. I can't even put it into words because I've had things in my life I couldn't verbalize. I, I, I literally couldn't speak. And, but the Holy Spirit knew. Isn't that awesome that He goes before us and He expresses and intercedes to God things we can't even put into words. I don't know about you, but this Holy Spirit sounds like a pretty awesome part of the Trinity and somebody we need to get to know better and somebody we need to lean into. But the Holy Spirit's work doesn't stop there with the individual believer. He builds the body. He brings unity. One of the churches I was in, it needed unity reestablished. And, I, and a standard by the word was Ephesians 4.3. Be diligent to preserve the body, of the, uh, the body of the Spirit and the unity of peace. In other words, the unity of the body was important. And the Holy Spirit wants us to be unified as a body. Does that mean we all have the same opinion? Does that No, not always. But you know what? What does that say about God's people when they don't get along? 
There's too many churches, uh, too many stories about churches splitting, churches having fights, all this kind of stuff. But if we're supposed to be known by our love, we're not supposed to be a fake place, but we need to be an attractive place. I know you don't, you don't have the most fancy pastor, but when I describe our church, that's why I'm thankful we're online. If you want to see what we're like, BassChapel.Church, you can see the services. And I, talk, and I don't mean it as a disrespect, but when I describe our church, I describe it meat and potatoes. And for you non-vegans and you people that are old enough, you know that meat and potatoes are good, especially with some brown gravy and some, oh man, that would be good for lunch. But it's a substance. Oh, that's not healthy for you. Well, back in the day when everybody was working outside, it was, okay? Like all of us, right? No. But I'm saying it may not be fancy, but it's substantive. Got that right at the end. I know you heard it, Larry. <laughs> but, 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 you know, it sustains us. And so many times, I'm not against any church doing different things. But so many times, we look at the flash and the bang, and we ignore the core. The Holy Spirit. The church. And I want... I'm going to get on my high horse, but there's no high horse. And it's not because I'm pastor and we're all sitting here in church. Anybody watching this or whatever, you need to get to church. And if it's here, get here. We'll get over here in a minute, probably. But, but here's the deal I'm trying to tell you. I am sick and tired of somebody saying the church is not biblical. And the church is just me and God. That is a load of something. Okay? I forgot I'm at church. Okay? But it is. It's a lie out of the pit of hell. What do you do with the book of Acts, which is one of the longest books in the New Testament? What is it about? It is about God instituting the church, which is the people of God, and God using the people of God. So if you're not in church and you're a believer, I'm calling you out, you're in sin. I don't care if you go here, we need each other. Because life is hard. And this is our family. And the reason I'm saying it is the devil is a liar and he isolates and he wants you alone and he wants you living in fear. So you need to get right and get in with the body of God. Pastor's not mad. He's mad at Satan. That is a load of crud when I hear, well, I'm just me and God. I have great times with me and God in the woods. I have great times by myself, but I need you all because left by myself, I'll do bad things. And you will too. So, the Holy Spirit is involved in the church to unify it, to empower it. What were they waiting around in Acts in the first chapter? He said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Acts 1.8 Christians, we need each other. And this, the church is ordained by God. And he says, do not forsake the assembly of yourselves together even more as you see the day approaching. And I know in a way I'm preaching to the choir, but I know I've got those people that are watching and I'm not against that, but it's like, that's okay, but we need each other. And the Holy Spirit instituted the church. And the Holy Spirit unites the church. And then the Holy Spirit gives everyone here different spiritual gifts. And I will help you. My job is to encourage and enable you. But I will help you figure out your spiritual gift. But he said in 1 Corinthians 12, 4, Now there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. He said in 1 Peter 4, 10, 1 Peter 4.10, just as each one of you has received a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of the varied grace of God. 
Before in church for so many years, I felt like the only the only jobs people could do, and I didn't hate using the word jobs, is can you be a Sunday school teacher? Can you be an usher? Can you do this? All these things are good. And so what happened when somebody came into church, they're a believer, they've been gifted in something, is they're like, they would get the uh, holy uh, headlock in the hallway. There's your three H's, okay? Hey, we got an empty space. We need somebody in the nursery. We need somebody to teach a Sunday school class. And all those are callings. But what about the fact of cleaning the church? Or what about the fact of changing light bulbs? Or what about the fact of all these things just don't happen on their own? All of you have different gifts. Some of you have the gifts of hospitality. and Some of you have the different gifts of encouragement. Some of you have the gifts of giving. And he calls us all to give. But these are all different gifts that God has placed in you through the Holy Spirit. You need to find out what that gift is. God doesn't... The Holy Spirit doesn't give you a gift that you don't like. He places it in you, and when you discover it, it's like, wow, this is natural. And, I, and, and again, I will help you individually, I'll help you whatever, but we need to understand that, that each one of you that has received Christ, received the Holy Spirit, He has given you a gift. And that gift is to serve others. That gift, when you serve others, shows God's grace. That's awesome. All believers are given a gift. Your next fill-in. Living, living inspired by the Spirit means living knowing the Spirit continually develops the body. He develops us. And so isn't it interesting how he'll add different people? I was going to say mixed nuts, but we'll get it add. But we all, with Christ, you know, we're all sinners saved by grace. But he adds all, I mean, we got so many different people here. And everyone here that knows Christ has a gift that you can use for the body to minister grace. And he wants to show you what that gift is. And guess what? He'll put you in situations to use that gift and to develop it. And usually what happens if he gives you a gift, you have to deal with the opposite to develop that gift. Well, God, you made me patient, so you just put me with patient people? No, it doesn't work like that. (laughs) God, you made me patient, but you want me to grow more so I can deal with other people, so you're going to put me with people that drive me nuts. You know, I'm just saying that's how he works. I'm not talking personally, okay, that I'm dealing with that. But he develops the body. The church is God's design, empowered by the Spirit. So getting back to this, we talked about a lot. Again, Wednesday nights, we'll go into this deeper. We'll get into probably the Holy Spirit in about four weeks because we just finished the Word of God and we're getting into God. We're really chewing on this. But what inspires you? What got you up this morning? What motivates you through the good times and the bad times? If it's just coffee, that's sad. If it's your family, that's sad. All those things are great, but what's happening, if the Holy Spirit does not inspire and empower your life, you're making whatever does your God, and it will fail you. Do you believe he inspired the word? Do you, is he nourishing you? Today, some of you, you need to let him save you. He's called you to salvation and you need to come forward and get saved. But for most of you, you have the Holy Spirit and he's indwelling in you and you're sealed with him, but you're not letting him show you how to live. You're not talking to him. You're not letting him re-educate you. And you're not letting, uh, you're not letting him intercede for you to God. Whatever you need to do today is we stand on our feet and have a time of invitation.
the Holy Spirit has spoken. Regardless of Russell and his words, I know even if even if I just read the Word of God, the Holy Spirit has spoken. And the question I have for you today is how do you need to live? And are you being lived inspired by the Holy Word? Come, receive Christ, or talk to the Holy Spirit and ask forgiveness for whatever you need to do, but be inspired only by the Holy Spirit. Lord, we ask that you guide our lives today, and we ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Please turn your head